0: You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read Through Podcast in association with the Limedeem Bible Reading Plan in Charles River Church. For more information on Limadeem, visit lmd.church. Or for more information on Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to the Bible Chunks Read Through Podcast, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or the sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in, so that we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name is Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today, we'll be reading Genesis 37.2-39.23. through 88 verses today. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age. He made him a robe of many colors, but when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peacefully to him. Now Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright, and behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us, or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I've dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him. But his father kept the saying in mind, Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Shechem? Come, I'll send you to them. And he said, Here I am. So he said to him, Go now and see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring me word. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron and came to Shechem. And a man found him wandering in the fields, and the man asked him, What are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me, please, where are they pasturing the flock? And the man said, They've gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar, and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. Then we will say that a fierce animal has devoured him. And we'll see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he rescued him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him, that he might rescue him out out of their hand to restore him to their father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him, and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat, and looking up they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing gum, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Then Midianite traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. They took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not in the pit, he tore his clothes and returned to his brothers and said, The boy's gone, and I, where shall I go? Then they took Joseph's robe and slaughtered a goat and dipped the robe in the blood. And they sent the robe of many colors and brought it to their father and said, This we have found. Please identify whether it is your son's robe or not. And he identified it and said, It is my son's robe. A fierce animal has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and all his daughters rose up to comfort him. But he refused to be comforted and said, No, I shall go down to Sheol with my son, mourning. Thus his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites had sold him in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard. It happened at that time that Judah went down from his brothers and turned aside to a certain Adulamite, whose name was Hira. There, Judah saw the daughter of a certain Canaanite, whose name was Shua. He took her and went into her, and she conceived and bore a son, and he called his name Ur. She conceived again and bore a son, and she called his name Onan. Yet again she bore a son and called his name Shelah. Judah was in Chesim when she bore him. And Judah took a wife for Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. But Er, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, Go into your brother's wife and perform the duty of a brother-in-law to her, and raise up offspring for your brother. But Onan knew that the offspring would not be his, so whenever he went into his brother's wife, he would waste the semen on the ground, so as not to give uh, give offspring to his brother. And what he did was wicked in the sight of the Lord, and he put him to death also. Then Judah said to Tamar, his daughter-in-law, Remain a widow in your father's house till Shelah, my son, grows up for he feared that he would die like his brothers. So Tamar went and remained in her father's house. In the course of time, the wife of Judah, Shua's daughter, died. When Judah was comforted, he went up to Timnah to his sheep shearers. He went. He and his friend Hira the Adullamite. And when Tamar was told, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear the sheep, she took off her widow's garments and covered herself with a veil, wrapping herself up, and sat at the entrance to a name, which is on the road to Timnah. For she saw that Sheila was grown up, and she had not been given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought she was a prostitute, for she had covered her face. He turned to her at the roadside and said, Come, let me come in to you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. She said, What will you give me that you may come in to me? He answered, I'll send you a young goat from the flock. And she said, if you give me a pledge until you send it. And he said, What pledge shall I give you? She replied, Your signet and your cord and your staff that's in your hand. So he gave them to her and went into her, and she conceived by him. Then she arose and went away. And taking off her veil, she put on the garments of her widowhood. When Judah sent the young goat by his friend, the Adulamite, to take back the pledge from the woman's hand, he did not find her. And he asked the men of the place, Where is the cult prostitute who is at name at the roadside? And they said, no cult, t- no cult prostitute has been here. So we he returned to Judah and said, I've not found her. Also, the men of the place said, No cult prostitute has been here. And Judah replied, Let her keep the things as her own, or we shall be laughed at. You see, I sent this young goat, and you didn't find her. About three months later, Judah was told, Tamar, your daughter-in-law has been immoral. Moreover, she's pregnant by immorality. And Judah said, Bring her out and let her be burned. As she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, By the man to whom these belong, I am pregnant. And she said, Please identify whose these are, the signet and the cord and the staff. Then Judah identified them and said, She's more righteous than I, since I did not give her my son, Shelah. And he did not know her again. When the time of her labor came, there were twins in her womb, And when she was in labor, one put out a hand, and the midwife took and tied a scarlet thread on his hand, saying, This one came out first. But as he drew back his hand, behold, his brother came out, and she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. Therefore, his name was called Perez. Afterward, his brother came out with the scarlet thread on his hand, and his name was called Zerah. Now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian had brought him out from the Ishmaelites, who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. The master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hands. So Joseph found favor in the sight of, in his sight and attended him, and he made him overseer of his house, and put him in charge of all that he had. From the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had, in house and field, so that he left all that he had in Joseph's charge, and because of him, he had no concern about anything but the food he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance, and after a time his master's wife came, cast her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused, and said to his master's wife, Behold, Because of me, my master has no concern about anything in the house, and he has put everything that he has in my charge. He's not greater in this house than I am, nor has he kept back anything from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he would not listen to her, to lie beside her, or to be with her. But one day, when he went into the house to do his work, And none of the men in the house were there. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and got out of the house. And as soon as she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled out of the house, she called to the men of the household and said to them, See, he has brought among us a Hebrew to laugh at us. He came in to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice, And as soon as he heard that I lifted up my voice and cried out, he left his garment beside me and fled and got out of the house. Then she laid up his garment by her until his master came home. And she told him the same story, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you have brought among us came into me to laugh at me. But as soon as I lifted up my voice and cried, he left his garment beside me and fled out of the house. As soon as his master heard the words that his wife spoke to him, This is the way your servant treated me. His anger was kindled. Lord, may succeed. Well, here in this section, we are introduced to Joseph. And we get a little bit of the family dynamic of Jacob. He has the twelve sons that those who would be the twelve tribes of Israel, and and you have Joseph, who is specially chosen uh, by Jacob, his favorite son, uh, who was born in his old age, one of his final sons to be born, him and Benjamin, and and you have the story of Joseph, who dreams these dreams that are given to him by the lord but then it angers his brothers as he shares them that essentially uh, i got these i saw these sheaves and they were bowing down to me and then i saw the sun and the moon and the stars and they were bowing down to me so essentially that that uh, the the lord was going to raise up joseph and his brothers and his parents were going to bow down to him and obviously uh, that made his brother and his parents uh, unhappy there's also another theme going through this, uh, which is clothes. Uh, you see this this amazing robe that was given to Joseph, which uh, they end up using to prove that he had been torn to pieces by animals. And then as you move on and hear about Judah, this not a good guy, uh, you have uh, his his possessions are what eventually undo him. And then back to Joseph, you have, uh, his robe in Potiphar's house being used to get him in trouble as Potiphar's wife holds it there and, and proves uh, that Joseph had tried to essentially uh, rape her and ends up in prison. But there's the other theme that, that continues through this whole part is that, that God is going to bless people through this family line. And it kind of zooms into Joseph as as he Gets thrown into the pit. You have all the brothers want to kill him, except for Reuben, uh, the oldest, who who says, "No, don't don't kill him. We'll just we'll throw him in the pit." And Reuben's plan was to then come back and help Joseph out of the pit. But before he can do that, his brothers sell him to Ishmaelites. Remember Ishmael, uh, the the brother of Isaac. Uh, so again, like cousins of of the Israelites, sells them. To the, it sells Joseph to the Ishmaelites and takes him down to Egypt for, for 20 pieces of silver. And, uh, and then you get this story of Judah and Tamar and you have Judah who is like, he really this is your first introduction to Judah and it is not a good one. He is this uh, kind of nasty guy whose uh, two sons died and his youngest son um, is too young to marry the wife of Um, of his oldest because in in those days without insurance without welfare without state funded anything you would need to provide offspring to care for you and so the brother-in-law is is told all right your your brother's dead now you need to make sure that your his wife has kids so that she can be cared for but when he would go into her he would make sure that she wouldn't get pregnant and so that didn't please the Lord and and he ends up dying and then uh, and then Judah promises that yeah my, my, my youngest Sheila, when he grows up, uh, you'll marry him. Very odd for modern ears to hear, but when you understand that it was a, a form of protecting uh, women at the time without state-funded anything. and so but even when Sheila grows up, Judah is again a kind of a nasty guy and won't Give Sheila to marry this woman, so she's she's like uncared for. She's she's got nothing. She's just this desperate widow who has to scrap to get by, and she comes up with this plan to trick Judah into sleeping with her, and she gets pregnant. But again, she takes his stuff and proves that she is more righteous in this. So again, you have this all the way back to the garden where it's you know, follow the Lord. Don't define good and evil on your own terms or else you get into a mess. And all along, even God's people are choosing to define good and evil on their own terms. But God has made these covenants and he promises that I will, I'm will i not gonna give up, I'm not gonna quit on you. And, and it's finally here with Joseph, after he is lied about by Potiphar's wife, where we hear that the Lord's steadfast love was upon and with Joseph, even in prison. So he goes, he gets sold into slavery in Egypt, and then he rises up in Potiphar's house and he's put in charge of everything. And then he's lied about in Potiphar's house and he's put in prison. And he's put in charge of the prison because his character is that which, first of all, he can be trusted, but also uh, the Lord just blesses him because this grace is upon him. Because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. This is the family that God chose to bring the snake crusher. It is a mess. It is uh, it is certainly interesting. And um, I don't know what it is that God is stirring up in you today, but I want to ask you those same questions that we always ask at the end. First of all, what does this passage tell you about who God is? What does this passage stir up in you about who God is? What uh, things, does this remind you about his character? What, uh, what is surprising about who he is? What, what does this tell you about who God is? Secondly, what does this tell you about the state of humanity? What does this tell you about yourself? Are you ever, uh, do, who do you relate to in, in this story? What, what kind of brings out that, uh, that connection with you? And then finally, what is it? as you're hearing the word of god what is it that the holy spirit is stirring up in you is there some relationship that you need to work on is there something that you need to somebody that you need to pray for a, a circumstance in which you need to believe that god is still with you in even though it's less than ideal and then take all of those things all of those thoughts turn them into prayers and we will see you right back here again tomorrow until then god bless